Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. We have a message entitled, Focusing on the Rapture is Essential. How many know the essential word is the theme for this year? I had some other things planned. The Lord said, no, 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 no. Bring it back to the basics. We got to focus on the rapture. So many people are living their life aside from the fact and the reality that Jesus is coming. We have been distracted. We have been moved by different things. God is telling us, refocus. Get yourself back in alignment. Get yourself back together. Get your affairs in order because I am coming quickly. We're going to read this morning from two portions of scripture. The first is found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 52. And then we're going to read Revelations 22, verse 12. Amen? Amen. I'll give you a moment to find that in the word. I'm at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Scrolling down to the bottom at verse 51, and the word of the Lord says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, And the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Glory to God. Let us now turn to Revelations 22, the last chapter of Scripture. We're not reading. uh, uh, Did I put 53? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Then I have to get it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) On my notes, I don't have 53 on my notes because I was testing y'all. And y'all passed the test. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Get it together, Pastor. Hallelujah. Get it together. Thank you for your patience. Hallelujah. Let's read 53 in the name of Jesus. And 53 is a powerful verse too. Hallelujah. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. Let's continue. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass saying what is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Saints of God, now let's turn to Revelations 22, verse 12. These are Jesus' words, and he says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. Glory to God. You may take your seats, brethren, this morning. 
Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Let's get this out of the way. Hallelujah. This week has been a devastating week for our great nation. If that ain't the understatement of the beginning of this year, I don't know what is. But it's been a horrible time, a time of shame and a time of sorrow. It appears, at least now for the moment, that evil has prevailed over good. It appears that unrighteousness has prevailed over righteousness, deception over truth, lawlessness over justice. How about this hate over love, violence over peace? Our nation is divided. Even our families, our friendships are at war with one another. Even the brethren are divided with each other. Churches are divided. There are churches right now splitting as we speak because of outside influences. That tells me they haven't been in prayer much. Because when you're in prayer and in the presence of the living God, you don't allow the world to invade your heart. You don't allow what's outside to come inside. Hallelujah. If anything, what's inside of you should be influencing what's outside in the world. Am I talking to somebody in here? There's political upheaval. Our capital was invaded this week. Some say, oh, it was Antifa. Oh, it's, it's the Republicans. It's the Trumpers. Who cares what happened? We should be praying for the leaders of our nation. We should be praying that God's will be done. Our leaders themselves are at war with one another. The media bias, the hatred, it's plainly obvious. The whole world is laughing at America. What a crazy and hostile time we seem to be living in. But guess who's not afraid? Hey! Take a wild guess. Hallelujah. Guess who is excited right now as we speak? Guess who is preparing his household to be in order for what is to come? Guess who's prepared for action? Guess who is challenging others to go and do likewise? Let me tell you right now, in the midst of all this chaos, in the midst of all this madness, hallelujah, this is a wonderful time to be alive in the... Sister Lisette, could you go to the back, please? Unplug me, plug me back in, Do please. Hallelujah. This is a wonderful time to be alive, hallelujah, in our nation. Praise the Lord. You know why? Because Jesus is coming quickly he says behold i come quickly and my reward is with me how many know that jesus is coming again we hear it many have been hearing it for years and many are even scoffing about it but the fact is jesus is coming i'm telling you today don't pack a bag because where you're going you can't take it with you hallelujah Get ready for takeoff. Get ready to be lifted out of your body and go into the clouds of glory. Let me tell you, do not get distracted. Do not lose focus. Get your house in order. Get your affairs in order. How about this? Forgive people who hurt you. Let it go. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's definitely talking about you right now. Hallelujah. 
Let it go. Let it go. It doesn't matter anymore. Whatever they did to you, it doesn't matter. Forgive them. Let it go. If they want to stay bitter, let them stay bitter. Forgiveness is to you to be set free. That you don't become a, 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 a bitterness a, a incubator. Do you know there's a saying, bitterness is drinking poison and hoping that the person you're bitter at dies. Look at the logic of that. And here we are. We can't sleep. Bitter. And the person you're angry at, they're all sleep apnea and everything. Need a machine. Hallelujah. Sleeping like a baby. Get it together. Hallelujah. Let them go. Praise God. Forgive your brothers. Forgive your sisters. Let it go. Do you know why? Because there won't be no unforgiveness in heaven. That's it. You will forfeit your inheritance because of your unwillingness or refusal to forgive. If Jesus on the cross extended his hands and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And you want to withhold forgiveness. You're making yourself out to be bigger than God. And homie, don't play that. Just letting you know. Jesus is coming. He's coming for a pure, spotless, beautiful bride without blemish. A bride that brushes their teeth, a tongue too, hallelujah. A bride that is adorned and beautified and is not contaminated with the world. A pure, spotless bride. We will dance, hallelujah, when we see Christ. We will rejoice. All our pain and suffering will be over. Even those that you love here on earth, I believe the Lord's going to remove that emotion, that, that wow. connection, that tie. You're going to be so caught up in the glory of God's prayer, you ain't even going to be tripping. And you know, whoever decided to stay behind, it's because they rejected the love of the Father. Peace out. Jesus came, he lived, he died, he rose again on high, and he says, as sure as you see me ascend into the heaven, so shall it be at the day when I come back for my kid. You will be with me in the clouds of glory. The angels say, why are you looking among the, the, the living for the dead? Your Savior is not here. I want to go to Israel to see an empty grave, hallelujah. I want to go to Israel to see where the Lord was, hallelujah. But I'm telling you, he's no longer there. He's in glory. I serve a risen king. If you want my attention, come out of your grave and you'll have my attention. Until then, Jesus is the Lord of lords, the king of glory. And he is the only one that my heart serves. And guess what, people of God? He is coming again. For those that seen the movie Before the Wrath, there was a Galilean wedding feast. The Galilean wedding feast, the traditions. If you haven't seen this movie, you need to go get it. I'm telling don't even look at the trailer. Just buy it. Put it on your coffee table. And everybody that comes to your house, let them see it. It'll break down the whole understanding of why. You see, we always know Jesus said he's coming back. 
but we and we don't know why he has to come back. This will explain to you why he has to come back. As he was speaking to the people of Galilee, they have known the customs of the wedding feast. And so not to go too deep, the father is the one who has got to give the green light. In order for Jesus to go and get the church, get his bride. And I'm telling you, the father right now is going, son, wake up. Son, it's time. Go and get your bride. Hallelujah. And the trumpet's going to sound. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Hallelujah. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Harpazod. Translated. Rapturo. Hallelujah. We'll get there. The trumpet is going to sound. Are you ready? Are you ready? Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection produces in us eternal life. 1 Corinthians 50, uh, 15, 3 and 4. Let me read that. It says, For I delivered to you first of all that, was which, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scripture. Let me tell you something. This is the most fundamental ingredient of truth regarding the gospel of Jesus Christ. In every new member's class, and I'm probably giving this away, hallelujah. But when we do our pastoral interview, I ask every saint, every believer that wants to be a part of this church, I want you to give me the gospel in two minutes or less. If I'm a stranger on the street and you don't know me, but you got two minutes of my time to divert my focus right to hell into heaven. If you had two minutes to share the good news, how would you do it? You better be prepared to bring it. Hallelujah. And I'm going to put my timer on. Boop. And I'm going to time you. Every believer should be able to communicate the gospel. If you don't know what the gospel is, we are failing you as a leader and as a pastor of the church. No more sitting saints in this house. No more bench warner brethren. Hallelujah. Those days are coming to an end. You know why? Because we're all called to preach, teach, and reach the world for Jesus Christ to go and be fruitful and multiply. The very basic truth. The world is in a fallen state of sin. Did you know the world is abnormal? And did you know that the saints of God are normal? It's not the way they see it, but that's the fact. Because when Adam and Eve were created, they walked with God. Hey, what's up, Jesus? What's up, God? How you doing? In the cool of every day, they walked with God. Hey, check that bird out. Oh, yeah, that bird, I called it a parrot. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one is a macaw. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, you see that? That's a lizard. Uh, you know, they were not stupid cavemen with their knuckles dragging on the floor. That, that's what the world wants you to think. God gave you intelligence. God gave you emotions. God gave you a spirit, a soul, and a body. And we walked with God in the cool of every day. But disobedience cut us off from the truth. The Lord said, of all the trees in the garden, you shall surely eat. But of this one, don't touch that one. The day you eat it, you surely die. And when, they, when, when Adam saw Eve say, go ahead, honey, let's see what happens. Man, man up. If he would have said, woman, get away from that tree. Hallelujah. <laughs> Didn't you hear what the Lord said? Let's see what happens. 
Because the Bible says that Adam was with her. You see, so we always blame Eve, but it was Adam. Go ahead, babe, go ahead. Because he was soft. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's see what happens. What kind of a coward would send your woman to death? Didn't the Bible say if you eat it, you'll die? You won't even slip on a banana peel if I can help it. Hallelujah. I'll guard you, protect you. I'll take my clothes off, throw it on the floor. You can walk on it. Hallelujah. You will never be in danger. And anybody mess with you, they got to go through me. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you something. You don't put your woman in the face of danger and death, men of God. One, two, three. Hallelujah. The cause of, of disobedience changed the course of history for every being. Disobedience disconnected us from God. And that was the fall of man. And since then, the whole world is in a state of abnormality. And when you come to Christ, guess what? Spiritual life has begun. You are raised from the dead. You become an essential component of the kingdom of God on earth. And it is your duty and your responsibility to go and share the gospel. Jesus died for the sins of man because we could never fulfill the law on our own. The law of God is perfect, but his standard is so high, we could never achieve it. So Jesus said, let me come. Let me fulfill the law. And my life will be an overlay. My life will be a covering. And my blood will wash away the sin. For my blood is the only blood that could take away the sins of the sinners and restore them. And the word reconcile. How many know what the word reconcile? To be brought back into the right place. To be brought back into normalcy. To be brought back into your rightful ownership. Your, your rightful heirship. Of the, of the heir of Jesus Christ. Join heir with Jesus. Hallelujah. He will return. He has to return. Glory to God. Eternal life is with him. Listen to what the word says in John 14. You should memorize this. Oh my God, this is so good. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may also be. Glory to God. Do you know that the Galilean wedding feast, you would be betrothed. The husband, the, the groom would be betrothed to his wife. And after she drank, oh, I'm not telling the story. Go get the video. You need to see it. But he had to leave the bride and go back to his father's house and increase the tent, increase the room, and prepare to receive his mate. And then when the fullness of time had come, when he was ready, when the room was ready, when the crib was ready, when you had food in the cupboard, when you had a J-O-B, if you want to be with me, hallelujah, when all of it was ready, then the father said, okay, homie, now go get your bride and bring it to my house. Hallelujah. We have increased. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Jesus went. 
He told the disciples, it is good, it is expedient, it is a good thing that I go away because where I go, I'm going to prepare a place so that where I am, you too may be. How many know there's a mansion in heaven? But some of you will have a broom closet. Hallelujah. Because heaven is working with all that you could give them. Hallelujah. And whatever you're sending ain't even enough. Hallelujah. They're doing the best they can with what you send up. Hallelujah. But you'll be in heaven with a little, little crown like this with a pinche. Whoop. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. But we need sweepers in heaven too. Hallelujah. Amen. We need people to make the Pernilicus Maximus. There's some rice and beans up in there. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming again. And he's coming for the bride. That event. That event is called the rapture. The rapture. You've heard it. And I'm teaching about it this morning. Many churches don't want to touch this subject, but we will here. Hallelujah. Amen. The rapture, it is important that you understand the rapture is going to happen, and it could happen at any moment. <clears throat> it is absolutely essential for every person in this room to begin to focus all their life efforts on the upcoming event, which is called the rapture. Many have chosen to focus on the signs of the times. Oh, look at everything happening. Oh, let's look at prophetic calendar of events. Let's look at the signs. There's nothing wrong with looking for the signs. But sometimes we could be so wrapped up in the signs, we miss the rapture. Many choose to focus on the tribulation. <clears throat> The, the tribulation, and there are different viewpoints, the pre, the mid, the post, and the seven years, and the plagues, and the seven bold judgments, and the seven uh, uh, trumpets, and all the seals, and 21 judgments of God, and the wrath of God outpoured on. Listen, I ain't trying to be here for that. I, it's good to know, glory to God, but the reality is, I'm trying to check out before that happens. Glory to God. What belief are you? Some don't even know what I'm talking about. What do you believe in? Are you a pre-trib Christian, a mid-trib, or a post-trib? I'm going to give you a little help this morning. Mid-tribulation and post-tribulation, that position is impossible. It's an impossibility. Scripture doesn't back it up. None of that stuff lines up with Scripture. Your pastor, I am a pre-tribulation Christian. Hallelujah. And I'm going to teach you pre-tribulation rapture. You know why? Because it's scriptural. Okay, you need proof. Hallelujah. There it goes. Just, you don't want to just take my word for it. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 For God did not appoint us to wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many know that wrath is not intended for God's people? Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> God is not intended to give you, to pour out his wrath upon you. Judgment? Yes. The Bible says judgment begins in the house of God. That's why there's a shaking going on right now in the yes. world. 
because there's so much rotten fruit. The Bible says that which abides will remain and that which falls to the ground shall fall to the ground. Hallelujah. What type of fruit are we? Are we rotten fruit that the minute somebody ruffles your feathers, I don't like him no more. I'm deleting you. Delete. I'm not your friend. I quit you. I'm telling you, man, we better get it together. Hallelujah. Judgment starts first in the house of God among God's people. You know why? Because he's cleaning you. He's cleaning your house. He doesn't want a bride with stinky breath. Hallelujah. He wants you to be fresh. Like that Orbit commercial, right? Where you go, and all the... Fresh. Some of us curse out of the same mouth that we use to praise God. Fresh water and salt water flowing from the same stream. And then we wonder why we don't see the hand of God move in our life. Turn your neighbor and say, ouch, that boy's going in. Hallelujah. I know it's hard to hear. Praise the Lord. Second Thessalonians 2, 1 through 8. You write this in your notes, but it talks about there's a coming antichrist. An antichrist who I believe right now is already walking on the land. An antichrist who will be revealed after. Turn to your neighbor and say after. Hallelujah. After the restrainer. Who's the restrainer? The Holy Spirit. After the restrainer is taken away. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit, is the only ministry right now that draws man unto God. But there will come a day where the Holy Spirit will be removed. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit will be removed from earth because, in other words, there would be no salvation in the tribulation time. But the ministry as we know it now where the Holy Spirit indwells the believer and lives with you and guides you and comforts you, that ministry will be over. The Holy Spirit will revert to an Old Testament type of way when the Holy Spirit came upon people to do certain duties and certain skills and certain accomplishments. When the Holy Spirit came on Samson and he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass, it's going to be that kind of Holy Spirit outpouring at specific times and specific events. But the indwelling, infilling, the, the nudgings, the promptings of the Spirit of God will not be here. Men will be given over to the wickedness of their heart. The Bible says if you have tasted the goodness of God, you get left behind. It will be impossible for you to return to the Lord. That's why it's important to get it right now. The Holy Spirit in that time will draw people to Christ. There's so much information regarding biblical prophecy. I'd love to share it with you this morning, but there's not going to be enough time to cover all this stuff. But I'm telling you, for those that have been to church on Wednesday nights, we have gone through this at nauseum. Hallelujah. We have gone through these types of teachings. This is why it is so important for you to get to church. Hallelujah. Wednesday nights, we open up the word. We stop. We don't run through. We answer questions. We talk about key components of scripture. And there's so much valuable information to the saints of God. But you know, so many of us want to stay home and watch American Idol. Hallelujah. I can't miss my shows. 
What possibly could take the place of getting yourself uh, uh, encouraged and aligned and trained in the word of God? So on the day that you got to fight, you're not fighting with blanks. Hallelujah. You got bullets in your gun. Do you know that this church, we have a podcast. This is the, 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 the percentages for 2020. 51 episodes. We've increased our, our, our viewership or listenership, whatever they call it. But we're in five different countries in the world. Five different countries, nations. Our word is traveling. Praise God. But let me tell you, did you know that the podcast is free? It's available 24-7, 365. You could actually text it to your friends. If you want to know more about scriptures regarding prophecy, there's numerous messages in part before you depart. Are you rapture ready? How about end time spiritual warriors? The rapture countdown while we wait. God at the door. The shaking has begun. How about... You know what? So many of us are buying lunch boxes for our kids and they got demonic symbols and your kid is walking around, hey, what's up? And they got skull and crossbones and peace signs and upside down crosses of Nero and you're putting clothing on your children with an ankh that it looks like a cross with an Egyptian head. Oh no, it's because we're African. No, that's a curse. An ankh is a curse. The eye of Horus, all these pyramids, uh, Illuminati symbols. It's on the clothing and the children are wearing it. And you have no idea. You got little kids putting up three sixes. Do you see when you do this? It's six, six, six. And they're putting up six, six, sixes on their pictures and their Facebook. And the parents are blind. And you know why you don't know it? Because nobody's teaching it. We are. I get, I get so upset. I'm not going to say sick and tired because I'm not sick. Hallelujah. But I get so upset when I hear, you know, um, I'm not getting fed at the church. I'm just not getting fed there. It's time for me to go find somewhere else. No, it's that you're not eating. Everybody else is eating, but you ain't eating. The food is put right in front of you. you go, it's such a bad habit. No, don't want it. You didn't even try it. And if you're like my son, Alec, when he was a little kid, we would say, try this rice and beans. I said, come on, put one spoon. He would take one grain of, I'm telling a grain of rice. And he would like this. Go, Don't like it. Don't lie like, dude, now, yo, uh, yo, baby, go get the belt. Homie's going to be, he's going to be hungry in two seconds. Hallelujah. Watch how fast he puts this food down. Hallelujah. What does this smell like to you? Hallelujah. You want to smell my belt? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Saints of God, gird up thy loins. Man up. Woman up. Jesus is coming. All I'm trying to do is get you ready. All I'm trying to do is push you off of your comfort chair, off of your safety post. It's time for the saints of God to rise up and get ready for action. Let me get back to these verses of scripture to prove my point. Revelations 3.10. 
Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Church, the rapture is going to happen. You're going to hear that word rapture a hundred times before I close this message. If you get left behind, it'll be a fault of no one else but yourself. The rapture is going to come, and we're out of here. Receive the love of Christ. Why focus on the signs of the times when you don't want to be here for that? It's good to see that there are events that are drawing us closer. So there's nothing wrong with looking after the signs. Jesus said, behold, you will know when the end is near, even at the door. He tells us the generation that sees these things come to pass, which I'm going to talk about in a few moments. This generation shall not pass until the coming of the Lord. And let me tell you what I'm about to share with you. Many of us have been alive to see. So that means soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Let me tell you, mark it because it's going to happen. Put it in your notes. The signs are great. But it's time, saints of God, to look a little further past the signs. It's time to look up into the heaven for our redemption draws near. It's time to focus on the rapture. Get ready. It's happening. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you, for those that are wondering, the rapture and the second coming are two separate events. I can't get into it, but there's a lot of information I just pointed you to. You can definitely listen to the messages. But the rapture, the rapture, what separates the rapture from the second coming is the rapture is when the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive, we're going to be caught up together in the clouds, and we will meet Jesus Christ in the clouds of glory, and then we will be in a seven-year party like we never even knew existed. Hallelujah. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Glory to God. And then after seven years, the second coming is when Jesus comes down with the eyes of fire, with his robe dipped in blood, with the name of King of kings and Lord of lords and faithful and true. And he will have a, a, a sword in his mouth. Hallelujah. And guess who he's going to come with? The righteous, dressed in robes of righteousness and white linen with white horses. That means we're going to be in the army of the Lord. We're the armies of heaven. Hallelujah. And we're coming back and he's going to speak a word and the whole earth will melt with a fervent heat. He will destroy all evil on earth. And so we shall be with the Lord for one a thousand years. Hallelujah. The millennial reign of Christ. The next biblical prophetic event that is going to happen is the rapture of the church. The rapture is going to bring about the resurrection of the dead. Glory to God. Let me tell you, write this in your notes for those that are taking notes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This entire chapter speaks about the resurrection. How important it is to read this chapter and really understand the power of the resurrection. And every single funeral that I have ever officiated in, I revert back to this chapter in the scriptures. It talks about an imperishable seed and a perishable seed. 
corruptible and incorruptible. The reality is some seed will live forever and other seed is good for nothing. It is only useful for the fire. Res, uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 15. It speaks about the importance of the resurrection of Christ. Verses 12 through 20. Did you know that if Christ raised from the dead, then our faith is, is well and secure. If Christ didn't raise, everything we're doing is a waste of time. Do you know that our faith relies on the reality and the absolution of the resurrection of Christ? And this is why it's important to read this because you can break down to your friends that try to mock Jesus. And when your people say, you're crazy for what you're believing, you can start to break down the truth. And then they're like, oh, maybe I should get myself together. Because, you know, if that's true, th then I'm in trouble. First Corinthians speaks of the importance of the resurrection of the believers. That's you and me. Verses 22, uh, 20 through 23, excuse me. Do you know that one day you're going to be raised? Hallelujah. Some of you will never taste death. First Corinthians 15, it speaks about our bodies becoming glorious bodies that we will receive in the resurrection. Verses 35 through 45. Let me tell you, we see a little glimpse of that in Scripture. When Jesus was on the road of Aramaeus and he was walking with the disciples and he had to teach them all the way back from Moses. Hallelujah. All the way up. And they're starting to learn. They said the fire of God is burning within us. When he spoke these words, our soul came to life. You know, the word of God produces life. And then Jesus, they didn't even recognize him. He gets into the house. He sits down. He breaks bread. He takes off his robe. And they say, Master, Master, poof, disappears. We see him walking through walls. We see him doing signs and wonders. And this glorified body was walking with people that were in the flesh. You understand? This is a foreshadowing of the end times when in the millennial reign, there'll be more bodies that are glorified and some that will actually survive the tribulation and will be walking in that tribulation time in the flesh. It's a parallel, and that's why there will be babies born, and that's why at the end of the thousand-year millennial reign, the devil who is bound in chains will be released one more time because the Bible is true. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The babes that are born in the millennial reign, they have to choose Christ too. You see, we think the devil made me do it. No, no, that's God's devil. God's the one that tells him what to do. He has to get permission to mess with you. That's why when you're under attack, don't be afraid. It already had to go through Christ. He said he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you could bear or handle. But he will always provide a way of escape to him. That's a sermon for another day. Hallelujah. The promise of the resurrection is our comfort. When we lose lost loved ones. Hallelujah. The resurrection will take place. Remember the dead in Christ will rise first. You know every time we go to a cemetery. It should remind you of the glory of God. I'm telling you. You're going to drive around now from this moment forward. And you're going to start driving past cemeteries. And you know what's going to come into your head? These very words. Do you know how many holes are going to pop out? Like corks. When the rapture happens, the dead in Christ will receive a new body. The graves will be opened. 
Did you know in Matthew, there's representation of that in the book of Matthew. When Jesus rose, the graves were open and people came out of their tombs and they walked around saying, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. They were like, this is crazy. We just entered the twilight zone. No, you're not. You're in the spirit realm when life is produced and people come out of their grave. It's going to be such a powerful day. Glory to God. It's going to mind blow everybody on earth. They're going to say, what happened? How about this? The oceans will give up their dead. The ashes will come to life and new bodies. Glory to God. How about the rapture will bring about recovery? We shall all be changed. The living shall be changed, harpazo, caught up all in the twinkling of an eye. In a moment, we shall be changed as quick as lightning flashes from the east to the west. This magnetic moment will change us all immediately. We will be like Jesus was when he walked on earth in that glorified state. The Bible says we shall behold him Face to face. How many want to see the face of God? Listen to this. 1 John 3, verses 1 and 2. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. You better click and work. Hallelujah. There you go. Praise God. All right. I'll get to the next picture. 1 John 3, verses 1 and 2. Listen. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. We will recover in that moment what was lost by Adam and Eve. We will return to our glorified bodies and we would walk with God in the cool of each day. We will recover. We will no longer have sickness and pain. How about this? Our mind will no longer be affected by the fall of man. No more suffering. Did you know that all creation to this moment still groans and is waiting for the coming of Christ? Romans 8. 18 through 23. Let me read this. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to the futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because of the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So powerful. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Do you know that creation is groaning because it did not have an opportunity to make a decision? It was subjected to the fall of man. And this is why in many cases, creation, we see it taking revenge on man. I've said this before. But listen, think about alcoholism. Think about uh, uh, cocaine. 
Think about cigarettes, tobacco. Think about all kinds of, of methamphetamines and pharmacia. Where does it come from? It comes from plants from the earth. We were supposed to have dominion over the earth. And now we have forfeited. We have abdicated our dominion. We're waiting. And we know it's good. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be great. But we're waiting. We're waiting. And we hear the song, Anticipation. And, but soon and very soon, bam, it's going to happen. And it's going to be awesome. Let me ask you a question today. What if today Jesus came? What if today the trumpet blast rang out? Would you be caught up? Would you be translated? Would you be ready? Or would you be ashamed? Let me read what 1 John 2.28 says. And now, little children, abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Millions of so-called or so-professed Christians right now do not live in light of the coming of Christ. Their life does not represent that the rapture has any effect on how they live. This may be one of the strangest facts in human history. How would you adjust your life right now if you knew Jesus was coming today? Biblical signs already point that the return of Christ is imminent. We should always start, when you look at biblical prophecy, always start with Israel. That's the first place to look. In 1948, Israel became a nation. By now, you should know this. Isaiah 66, 8. The prophet Isaiah said, can a nation be born in a day? Israel was the only, say only, hallelujah, so you get it in your spirit, was the only nation on planet earth in the history of earth itself. The only nation born in one day. That day was May 14, 1948. They had their nation, they had their language, they had it inscribed. But they still didn't have Jerusalem. It's so important you understand this. In 1967, June, there was a six-day war. And they fought insurmountable odds. The whole armies of the Palestine and Saudi Arabia were against them. They were vastly outnumbered. And there are countless testimonies of angels and, 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 and all kinds of miracles that took place. They had supernatural intervention. But in six days, they destroyed the enemy and took back Jerusalem. It is so important. The Bible talks about an increase of knowledge. They would call good evil and evil good. There would be wars and rumors of wars. The Bible says there will be signs in the heavens above. We just went through a tetrad. Isn't it funny? Listen to this. It's so important. It's not coincidence. Every one of those four blood moons in the middle, there was an eclipse, a lunar eclipse. Yes. But isn't it funny that it all happened on Jewish festivals and Jewish holidays? Every single one of them. Is God trying to tell us something? There were signs in the heavens above, and there are signs in the earth below. There are famines and pestilence. We're, we're talking about COVID-19 right now. There are earthquakes in various places. Did you know that now in history, there are more earthquakes happening on planet Earth than ever in the history of the world combined? Yes, 
But if they're not killing tens of thousands of people, it doesn't even make the news. Offense. People will be angry with each other. Betrayal. People will stab each other in the back. Just look at Judge Judy. <laughs> Hatred. Violence. How about this? False prophets. Everybody walking out. Some new guy coming out saying, I'm Jesus Christ. And millions are following them. Mother betraying daughter. Father betraying son. You see it every day. Lawlessness will increase. The love of many will wax cold. Men will become lovers of themselves. Women will become lovers of themselves. There will be uh, uh, boasters. There will be people that are proud and abusive and arrogant. They will love money. They will hate everything else. They'll sell out their mother for the dollar. They'll sell their kids to the black market. There's levels of evil we have no clue of. The Bible says, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They will be eating and drinking. We talked about that. They will be given in marriage. Did you ever wonder why that term came to be? What does marriage have to do with the Son of God coming. What does marriage have to do with anything? I'll tell you. Hallelujah. Buckle your seatbelts. We're going in. Hallelujah. Marriage means that people, celebrities, actors, uh, musicians, they are going to come into an allegiance with demons. They are marrying demons. Yes. And we see it. Beyonce has a demon named Sasha Fierce. I bind you in the, the name, name of Jesus. Jesus. You have Nicki Minaj that has a demon named Roman. You've got all these people with different spiritual names. And they are now saying, I am. They don't even want to give acknowledgement to the demons anymore. They want to be called gods themselves. And they call themselves, I am. This guy, will I? I am 50 cents the I am concert tour Shirley McLean calling herself I am Hillary Duff Katy Perry and on and on and on and on India Irie and some guy named Joe I am uh, uh, Janet Jackson you name it on and on everybody calling themselves I am but guess what they're not gods on earth we're in a time that I thought I'd never see in my life and you got Christians paying three or four hundred dollars to go see them in concert. And did you know every time they say, throw your hands up in the air, what they're doing is they're saying, give me your worship. I want it for me. And we're jumping up and down. Yeah! We're singing their songs. We're singing the lyrics. We're waving our hands. And then you come to church and you're like this. Ain't nobody going to make me sing. I don't want to sing. Go there. Come on now. We got Christians right now into horoscopes, zodiac signs, calling up Mama Cleo to get a reading. Listen, the Bible says before the coming of Christ, there has to be a great falling away. You know what that means? Apostasy. Yes. Spiritual adultery. Yes. 
saying, I don't like the God of the Bible. That's too strict. I don't like soul purpose. That pastor's always getting in my Kool-Aid. I feel all terrible. I feel all beat up every week. You know what? The word of God is supposed to cut you. The word of God is supposed to change you. The word of God is supposed to produce change. Thank you, Lord. You want to go to some fluffy butter, fluff another pint of butter? Go somewhere else. Hallelujah. Put on your TV. Listen to Joe Osteen. You'll feel great every week. But if you want the truth, come to this house because we uncompromised. There's no uh, faking it till you make it. Yes. The word of God should cut to the heart. It should produce change. It should change your life so that one day you would be counted among the brethren, the saints of glory. Hallelujah. You think it's easy for me to give this every week? I don't know how to give a fluffy word. I can't read the word and find fluffy stuff in here. I can't do it. Because right after the fluff comes another word of strength and conviction. And God demands excellence. God demands his people to live holy, to live righteous. This week, I had to be rebuked. Because I was second-guessing myself. Oh, I, I got to find a better way. I got to find a better way. I feel like I'm being so rough. People don't, no, you better not change, Pastor. No, you don't understand. You better not change. I'll leave. You know, the Lord gave me a scripture. If you follow my Facebook page, there's a quote by Charles Spurgeon. That set me free. Hallelujah. The word of God is supposed to produce change. If it doesn't, you're in the wrong house. Jesus is coming. Don't fall away now, saints of God. Don't get mad. Don't get offended. Don't get embittered. Hallelujah. Just stay with the program. Search your heart. Examine thyself to see if you're in the faith. The Bible says, after this great falling away, the shaking shall come and the rotten fruit's going to fall right to the ground. And people are going to leave. You know, people have already left now. <laughs> Bible says, don't worry. If they were with you, they would remain. But if they leave, they were never part of you in the first place. Listen, they did the same thing to Jesus. People followed him because they ate the bread. People followed him because they like free fish. Look at John 6. Listen, not even ironic. Look at John 6, 66. The word of God says, and then his disciples left him and followed him no more. And then keep reading. And Jesus looks to the 12. He says, do the words that I say offend thee? Do you want to leave me too? Thank God Peter said, where else can we go? You have the words of life. You have the words of truth. We don't understand it. This is too heavy. But there ain't nowhere else to go. Hallelujah. The fact is, if I ask some people, are you offended? Are you going to leave me? They leave. Yeah, I'm, yep, watch me leave. 
That's where we are now. And you know what I'll say? God bless you. Peace out. Deuces. I love you. I'll still pray for you. Peace out. There's the door right there. Peace. I won't go that far. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you know why? Because there are other sheep in the fold. The Bible says, let the sheep and the goat, let them grow together. Let the wheat and the tares, let them grow together. Don't pull it out right now. Don't pull it out because you might uproot the good roots. On the last day, when the trumpet sounds, I'll send my angel with a sickle. Whoosh. I'll chop it all down. I'll sort them out. And the barn will go into my father's house. But that which is poison. Did you know that the tares and the wheat look identical? Did you know if you eat wheat, you might get fat? True. I'm waiting for everybody to say, yo, he went there. Yeah, gluten. You eat wheat, you get fat. But if you eat some tares, you die. It's poisonous. You know what that means? Wheat and the tares growing in the same church, they all look the same. But you hang with some and they'll kill you. Poison. Poison. Other brethren, you might get fat on the word. You might get fat on prayer. You might get fat on works of righteousness. They might say, yo, what are you doing? Let's go to, to Walmart. Let's start evangelizing in the parking lot. That you, you, you be put to operation. Others would say, Psh, that pastor, Psh, Psh. I don't even like his wife. She gets on my last nerve. Word, she does mine too, girl. Poison. Poison. I have to go. Praise God. What else? Did you know that America does not exist in biblical prophecy? Do you know if the current state of affairs that we're in continue to move forward? We're in deep trouble. I'm not talking about Democrat, Republican. I'm not saying Joe Biden. I'm not saying Trump. Get that out of your spirit. Stop tripping. That's the Ebonics version. Amen? Here's what I want you to understand. If the current state of affairs that we're in continues to go, America's going to turn their back on Israel. The Bible says, if you curse Israel, I will curse you. Whoever messes with Israel, God will defend her. He will tear them into pieces. He will rip them into shreds. And in biblical prophecy, there is no such thing as America as a world player, as a big player. And you know what? If things go as they are, judgment is arrived. Hallelujah. Let me give you another little sign so you get it right. Remember August 21st, 2017, we had a total solar eclipse. And at between 10 and 2 p.m. throughout our country, it started in Washington and went all the way down by Florida. And there was a, a path of the sun, and it was literally black as night in the middle of the day. And it went this way. Do you know that April 8th? 2024 is the second solar eclipse that hasn't happened in, I think, over a thousand years. And isn't it ironic that the second one X's out America? The path is an X. We already got one strike against us. And pretty soon God says, Ja, no mas. I'm done with y'all. 
Russia is a global superpower that has aligned with Palestine. It's in the word. China is the only country on earth, and actually in India now. And they said, we could produce an army right now of 200 million men in one single moment. It's in the word. Hallelujah. Where did they come up with that number? It's in the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. How about this? The Euphrates River has to dry up so that China can march across into Megiddo for the Battle of Armageddon. Guess what's happening? Scientists are baffled because the Euphrates River is now drying up. It's in the Word. Do you know the Bible says the Antichrist has already come? Behold, there's already Antichrist even among us. Do you know that anyone that denies that Jesus Christ is the Son of God is an Antichrist? <clears throat> Some of us have family members that are atheists, antichrists. Some of us have family members that believe Jesus Christ is not the Son of God, antichrist. Some of y'all have friends, Muslim friends, Buddhist friends. Some of us have stuff that, antichrist, hallelujah, let me just go there. It says, behold, there'll be many antichrists among you. But the real antichrist shall not be revealed until the spirit is removed. The world, let me tell you right now, get ready. We are already seeing the signs in the heavens above and the earth below. Do you know, listen, I, I, I say this with respect, but it has to be said. Do you know that wearing a mask is a sign of control? Do you know that the Muslims found out that if you cover your face, they could control you. If you cover your... Why? Because you're covering your identity. You're saying, I'm not even important anymore. I'll just cover my face. There's been scientific studies. And so right now, you know, this is all hidden behind an invisible monster. We'll talk about that. But the reality is, they're already mind-controlling us to, to not be able to work, to buy, or to sell without a mark. In this case, the mask is a precursor to things to come. It's in the Word, Revelations 13. Saints of God, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 2 Corinthians 5, 8. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. What will happen to those who die before the rapture? They're with Christ. Listen, death, we're all going to die. Everything, every one of us, 100% fact, death will happen to many. Adam and Eve died. Methuselah died. Moses died. Jacob, Joseph, Daniel, David. Samson was not strong enough to escape death. Solomon was not wise enough to escape death. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. However, and this is the, the beautiful joy, some of us will absolutely escape death. Those of us who are alive and remain, <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 15, 51, we shall not all sleep. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Listen, I'm not talking about a sci-fi episode. This is not the Twilight Zone. I'm not reading you a Mother Goose 
fairy tale. I'm, ra- I'm telling you straight from the word of God. Let me tell you, if all other biblical prophecies have been fulfilled to the letter without deviation, if everything has been accurately fulfilled, what makes you think that this will not happen? Like Enoch and Elijah that were living believers, living and alive, and they were walking right into eternity. Enoch walked with God and was no more. He's still alive in the flesh somewhere in glory land. Did you know that Elijah was taken in a chariot of fire? He's alive in the flesh somewhere in glory. But the Bible talks about two prophets that are going to come back in that time. People will scoff. They will mock. Hey, what's going on? Why are you believing this nonsense? Look at what 2 Chronicles 36, 16. This is the Old Testament and New. Mockers on both sides. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, and there was no remedy. 2 Peter. They're still mockers today. Knowing this, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the word that then existed perished, the world perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, what? Are reserved for fire. Until the day of judgment of perdition of ungodly men. God is going to destroy this land, but he's going to do so with fire. Do not be deceived. There's an invisible enemy. Sister Donna, you can come up. I'm coming to a close. There's an invisible enemy that we were introduced to. As a matter of fact, this enemy was introduced in our land around the time of Palm Sunday. It walked into our land like a king on a colt. It walked in around Palm Sunday. And we all had to be locked down. And it walked in saying, I'm the man now. I'm coming in. I'm taking over. I'm in charge. You know how many churches closed? And they're still closed? Uh, are still afraid of this false king that marched into our land? This invisible tiny virus particle, it takes the blame off of our leaders and it takes it onto itself. It holds everybody else harmless. We can all point the finger at COVID. COVID is the monster. COVID is the bad thing. Our leaders are just trying to keep us safe. We can't see this invisible virus, but we could see its effect. We could see its effects on others. And not only that, this virus is trying to get inside of you. This invisible tiny virus particle is trying and desperately trying to control every life on earth. It's trying to convince us that only science can protect you. It's telling you that only your government has the remedy, has the cure, has the strategy to keep you safe and sound. And not only that, if you go against us, then you're a fool. 
Because you're not smarter than our scientists. You're not smarter than our government and our politics. It makes you a fool. And fools should be locked up. They should be put away for their foolishness. Guess what? That time is at hand. Christians, we have been fighting an invisible enemy since the beginning of time. We can't see the enemy, but we can see his effects on us. This enemy is tiny and it's insignificant. But you know what? It has been given power because we gave it to the enemy. Every lie that the enemy shoots out at us and we believe, we are giving the enemy power and control. This enemy is trying to distract you from the facts. This enemy knows that its time is limited. This enemy is trying to get inside of others. It's trying to destroy the lives of many. But we have to understand, this enemy is defeated already. The Word of God came as a man and dwelt among us and destroyed the works of the enemy. He destroyed the work of the grave. He destroyed the works of hell. He destroyed sin. He destroyed the enemy. And how can we do the same through the Word of the living God? You've got to get the Word inside of you. Forget about that that's out there. Get the Word inside of you. Glory to God. Jeremiah 15, 16 Your words were found, and I ate them. Hallelujah! Your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. Ezekiel 3.2 I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat the scroll. Hallelujah! Psalm 119.16 I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. 1 John 2, 5. But whosoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. I close with this. Jesus is coming soon. Shift your focus. Begin to live every, every day of your life knowing that the rapture could happen at every moment. Remember, Jesus said, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Put on Christ, hallelujah, Romans 13, 11, And do this knowing that the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believe. Don't get distracted by TV, by the radio, by what you hear on fake news and fake book and social media and Insta nonsense gram and all the other stuff and the Twitters and all the other stuff. Get off of that if you have to. Hallelujah. Proverbs 4.25 Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Do not look to the left. Do not look to the right. Fix your gaze upon Jesus. Look up to the heavens. Look to the author and finisher of your faith. Make sure there's oil in your lamp. Make sure your wicks are trimmed because he's coming in a time that no one knows. Hallelujah. But make no mistake. He is coming. It will be the most blessed and the most sobering event in the history of the world. Ready or not, like it or not, Believe it or not, Jesus, you will know him as Lord and Savior or as judge. Focusing on the rapture of the church, 
will keep you prepared for the greatest event in the history of time. Your focus on the rapture, saints of God, is essential to your spirit. With that, I end. God bless you, saints of the Most High God. Glory to God. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.